Hello, you're welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from Onshot.net. Episode 70. Make primary education actually free. I remember the days sitting by the fire in the house, my lungs filling up with smoggy coal in the sitting room, as my grandma filled her lungs up with cigarette smoke, unaware that she was probably poisoning her first grandchild. And I'm sure that the gas cooker in the kitchen next door was leaking carbon monoxide or something, and sure the Dublin skies were full of smog anyway, so what did it matter? And as my grandma used to say, sure you don't know how lucky you are. When I was your age, I had to walk to school six miles and back even in the snow, and I had to bring a sodic hole in every day, or I would have been sent home. Now, I was appalled that even back in the ancient days of the early 20th century, to go to primary school, you had to make a payment, even if it was only a piece of coal. And as the acid rain pattered against the window pane, I thanked God that we had a full coal bunker and thought that if I ever became the Minister for Education, I'd make primary education free. Hello, hello, you are welcome to this episode of If I Were the Minister for Education. This is Simon Lewis from Anshad.net and this is episode 70. Well, lots of people, as you probably know, go on about ministers for education. Who was the best minister for education? And the name that comes up all the time is a guy called Donna O'Malley, who some of you will probably be familiar with. And when he was a newly appointed minister, in his first major speech in September 1966, he announced free post-primary education from the next school year. And he's often considered the greatest minister of all time, greatest minister of education anyway, of all time. Unfortunately, uh, the poor man, and I don't know if people know this, because uh, I didn't anyway, he didn't actually get to see his vision realised because he actually died uh, very suddenly in 1968 before it happened. Um, however, if he were alive right now, I'm sure he'd be extremely disappointed with, you know, how everything turned out with terms like voluntary contributions and locker fees and things like that. And to be fair, second level is not actually free. Third level, by the way, just while I'm on a rant here, third level also had a moment for which I'm extremely grateful for because I benefit greatly from it. The Labour Party, when they were in government, offered a free primary degree in university, a scheme that was launched in 1996. Now, I don't think I would have gotten to third level without it. However, in 2009, it was axed by Fianna Fáil's Bat O'Keefe, who is, well, shall we say, not considered the greatest education minister of all time. But, to be fair, he did pronounce the words million and billion in an entertaining way. If you can find some footage of that, uh, it's worth it. Anyway, my third level education wasn't exactly free either. Of course, registration fees would have had to be paid and I believe things are even worse now. Of course, there's very little true 
about the story I told you in my introduction about sitting by the fire with my grandmother. Yes, my lungs were probably being poisoned by a number of carcinogens in the air, but my granny lived in the middle of Caventown, and I imagine her local school wasn't that far away. However, one thing that hasn't changed is that even though the Irish government state in their education policy documents, and this is from 2019, in Ireland, all children are entitled to free primary education. The fact is, it simply isn't true. I imagine most parents will be happy to send a piece of coal in each day these days, given that the cost of primary education is far from free. With book fees, uniform costs, voluntary contributions, transport, lunches and so on, sending your child to school, according to Zurich, who measure these kinds of things, costs an average of €1,305 a year. Bernardo's is another agency that measures this. They also do something similar, but they only include the very basic costs. For example, that's basically uniform school books, voluntary contributions and classroom resources. They total the cost of at €350 Euro a year, which is a sizable gap, but both figures are nowhere near close to free. The funny thing is that it's reasonably simple to actually make primary education free. And if I were the Minister for Education, I would totally do a Donna O'Malley and make it free. So I'm going to try and do that now. However, before I do, I was reading a little bit about Donna O'Malley and it appears, I just, this has absolutely nothing to do with the episode, but it appears that he got himself a nickname as a result of stepping out of line on announcing the free second level education scheme. Oh, and it's well known he was rebuked for his efforts by the then Taoiseach for his actions. But because it was so popular, <laughs> and his announcement was really, really popular, that the government actually had to stick with it, which I think is brilliant. What it isn't, doesn't it show what happens when you step out of line a little bit? Some people uh, in government might think about this uh, because it's, it's a very rare thing to happen these days. Anyway, he got himself a nickname from his colleagues as a result. Now, these TDs, <laughs> they're an hilarious bunch of people. They're funny guys. They, 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 you know, it was all guys, obviously, back then. They're highly inventive people, so you'll probably never guess what they, what nickname they gave to Dun O'Malley. Go on, have a guess. Yeah, they, they called him, wait for it, the schoolman. Yeah, hilarious. Before I go on to making primary school free for all children, someone out there might be going, whoa, 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 whoa there, Lewis. Slow right down and go back a little bit. Didn't you just say that Zurich said the cost of primary school was €1,305 and Bernardo said it was only a 335 That's nearly a grand in the difference. How can we believe anything these lads say? How can we believe in anyone, in anything? Primary schools could be free sure isn't a catholic church paying for the schools for goodness sake simon anyway stop it and get back yeah I, I just made up the last bit because you know i have to mention the catholic church in every single episode of this uh, podcast in some way um but it, to be serious for a second you have no idea how many times i've heard people claiming that the various churches give money to running schools to act they actually contribute a cost to running schools they don't, by the way, not a cent. In fact, even when they should be paying out um, any any sort of money to people, they manage to weasel their way out of that. Yes, 
here's another Minister for Education who will not go down as the greatest minister for all time. Do you remember all that sex abuse um, ba back in the day? Well, the church did a deal with the then Education Minister Michael Woods who um, that they would only pay a maximum of £128 million towards compensating victims of their crimes and then a load of them. Not only that, you know, it's... Okay, fine, they might have thought that maybe they thought that they wouldn't be, you know, that was a 50-50. It was a safe bet, <laughs> I, I imagine. Um, but, but in order to make sure that they didn't lose a little, even a little bit of their land, what they did was they created these independent trusts, in inverted commas, to ensure their buildings couldn't be taken in lieu of payment should that ever change. So, for example, five orders of the nuns transferred their ownership of schools worth over 400 million euro to an organisation called Kesht, the Catholic Education and Irish Schools Trust. I find it funny that Kesht it, it, it actually translates as question. And yes, there's a huge question mark over this arrangement. Anyway, even when it looked like the decent thing was going to happen, the Christian brothers offered an additional 127 million to help with compensating victims, but they withdrew that in the end. And instead of doing that, do you know what they did? Ah, yeah, they transferred their lands to the Edmund Rice Schools Trust, which is effectively its own entity for owning the former Christian Brothers schools. So basically they transferred the compensation to themselves. Anyway, I digress. But let's be completely clear. The Catholic Church, the Church of Ireland, the 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 I, I, anyway the, the Jewish communities, the Muslim communities do not pay a single cent towards the upkeep of their own buildings. And the state gifts them billions every single year. I just need to have to say that. But let's go back to the discrepancy in the Zurich and Bernardo's figures. Because while some people might not believe the figure, and to be honest, I was one of those people that did not believe the figures from Zurich anyway, at least, when I actually calculated things for myself, I was surprised to find that actually the costs weren't far off, and even in my, my home situation. Between, you know, now I don't pay voluntary contributions uh, to, to my school, but between, but let's, looking at all these things, but between these supposedly voluntary contributions, paying for books, now again, I don't pay for a uniform, but uni let's say the cost of uniforms and so on, the costs do actually really add up. I mean, Barnardus does the basics, and Zurich adds the invisible costs. So let's get into how I would make primary education completely free. And to be honest, I'm not sure you'll agree with some of my ideas, but let's make them conversation starters. Because to be honest, you probably aren't going to agree with most of my ideas. But look, let's argue them. You know, I'm going to put it out there as a podcast. And your job then, if you disagree, is to send me horrible messages saying how terrible I am. So let's try that. And um, I'll, I'll start the argument. And I'll probably uh, reference previous episodes of this podcast because it's some, some of the things I'll say will take too long. Um, and as I said, I want to keep this episode around 30 to 40 minutes. So let's see if we can do that. How, how am I? I'm already 10 minutes in and I haven't said anything. So let's get into it. I'm going to use the Zurich costs because they contain some of the hidden costs that parents have to pay for that are generally provided by uh, are generally provided for in other jurisdictions. So I think it's important that we get everything. Um, so let's start with lunches, um, and um, which they estimate costs roughly €312 Euro per child. So this is what they estimate. Now that works at about €8.20 Euro per week. Now looking at other countries such as our nearest neighbours, the UK, who provide lunches, um, 
This is something that's heavily subsidized by the state. Everyone's entitled to get fed, but some people, most people have to pay for it. So currently in the UK, it's actually more expensive than it is by Zurich's calculation at £2.30 a day. So converting that out in euro works out at €13.70 per week for a family. So Zurich are underestimating the cost there. However, unlike Ireland, families that can't afford school lunches can go on a scheme for free school meals. So maybe averaging out 8.20 per week might be about fair. In Ireland, free school lunches are given to schools. So if you're a family that go to a school that isn't on the free school meals plan in Ireland, then you aren't getting a free lunch. In fact, you aren't getting a lunch at all. And that's down to a few hundred euro a year. Now, while I can't manage free school lunches for every single child in the school using the UK model, there are some countries that do provide free school meals. If Sweden, Finland, Estonia and India. There's four examples. And why aren't you surprised Finland on the list? Finland everywhere. Why are Finland so good at everything? And I guess we have to ask, would we be willing to spend Scandinavian style taxes to get free school meals? However, there's a huge amount of other work that needs to be done before this happens, given that we have so many school, small schools, for example. However, all told, I think it's actually possible. And I do go through how it is possible in episode 25 of this podcast, if you want to look back on it. And I also refer to it in an episode around small schools and how small schools could actually have a school meals program run by local community co-ops. Um, and I, well, I think it's kind of interesting and might be worth uh, listening to. It's a four-part episode, I think episode 21. But the one on, specifically on school lunches is episode 25. Worth a listen just in case you're wondering, how would we get free school lunches into all Irish primary schools? So that's school lunches. School lunches. Let's get on to the next one. And that's books, school books, which come in at a very high €176 Euro per year on average. Now, I looked at this first thinking this is, this is way off. But... If you include subscriptions to websites, copy books, and so on, well, I don't think you'd probably reach that number. School books do cost quite a bit of money. And as you know, I'm not a fan of textbooks, so my solution would be to scrap them tomorrow, <laughs> thus saving all of the money. Now, I interviewed Paula Galvin, uh, as some of you might remember, a couple of months ago on this very topic, and we had some ideas around it. And I also covered this in episode 58. Uh, this feels like a bit of a summary episode when uh, trying to make our schools paper free. But Ireland, you see, the thing is, Ireland is unique in how many textbooks, com in how many textbook companies we're able to sustain. There's actually six major school book publishing companies serving for only 4,000 schools between them. And they're all able to make a living. They're all able to make a decent living too. However, what would our classrooms look like without textbooks? And to be honest with you, I'd suggest they'd be fine. I'd suggest that the book grant, which is up to 11 euro per child, if that was quadrupled, which would add roughly 16 and a half million to the education bill, so it's not a lot of money, this would be under just under 50 euro per child for content. And I think that would be plenty if we lived in a post-textbook world. So essentially, schools would be able to photocopy from teacher, uh, uh, teacher books, kind of similar to how they do it in the UK. I know it's a bit of extra work, um, but at the same time, if we could actually create content that is um, that is relevant to children and create our own for each schools, and 50 euro per child, I think would, would certainly do it. 
Um, transport, uh, we'll move on to, because I, I want to move on swiftly. I have a feeling this is my, that would be the first one that will get, get the... Get, get, get the hecklers out. Um, but I do think, I do think it's, it's something we could do. Transport works out at €149 Euro per annum. Now, I read this in two ways. The cost of the school bus is a maximum of €150 Euro a year, or the cost to drive children to school. It's one or the other. So let's deal with the first and let's deal with it quickly. I'd scrap the fee for the school bus. That's essentially what I would do. So it would just straight away take the cost away. However, as well as this, we have to look at the system. And this is where the second bit comes in too. It seems bizarre to me that parents would have to travel any distance to go to a school. And the only reason this is happening is because of the patronage system and this idiotic idea of school choice. I just, I, I, and I've, even this week as I'm recording this, I, I've had people arguing, oh, you know, school choice is important. It, like school choice is not a commodity, like schools aren't a commodity, which, you know, oh, I, like, I prefer this school over there, or I like this school there, or there. Why do we have these different types of schools? I mean, they're all only based on religion, more or less. But it seems bizarre that you have all the, you know, that you have free choice of what school you go to, as if it was a box of cornflakes or something like that in the supermarket. You don't go to a, you don't go to a, I don't know, the, you have a fire in your house and say, nah, 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 I want a Protestant uh, fire, fire, fire station to come in and burn the flames out of my house. I find their flames are a little better than those Catholic flames. You know, it's, it's just shocking. Or if you have, if, if someone robs your house, you say, Oh, I don't know. I think I'll have a Jewish guard of service there because, I don't know, I, I find they're much better at, the, at, at solving crimes than, let's say, the Rastafarian guard of service. You know, it's bizarre. Why would we have this kind of... Sir, I just don't understand it. But anyway, if everyone simply went to their nearest school, we could probably lose considerable number of buses. And in order for this to happen, we just have to scrap the patronage model and this idiotic idea of school choice. So I know, so in fact, if I were in the position of the Minister for Education, I would scrap the patronage model, as you know, um, and thus you would have free up all those transport costs. And actually, I'm recording this on the day um, the uh, Department of Education have um, put out a consultation on the school transport scheme. And I am a parent as well as a, as a teacher. And my um, response to it was scrap the patronage system and you'll half your school transport bill. Let's move on. I'm going to tackle clothing and shoes in the one place um, because I was really surprised by their costs, even as a dad, uh, because I'm not paying anywhere near the numbers they say. Um, however, I'm not forking out for uniforms, so maybe that's why. And that's where the solution is, to be perfectly frank. For some reason, in Ireland, we have a mad obsession with following everything British. You know, we follow everything that the British do, despite the fact that we're supposed to not like them very much. <laughs> you know, it's, it's mad. We, we, we seem that our education system is so British. You know, people think... You know, we have a very good education system. The Irish education is so good. It's such a good system. It's a British education system. We just robbed and just kind of, you know, made a few tweaks to. But effectively, everything we do is based on Britain. Um, and, and then in the, in the second breath, we seem to dislike the British very much. And, and this includes the idea of putting children into uniforms for school. I mean, if you look around the world, the only countries that force children to wear plastic nylon uncomfortable clothes that are polyester I presume it is isn't it uh, uncomfortable clothes that are the same as everyone else's are ex-British colonies and I've covered the topic of uniforms in one of my earlier episodes I think it's episode 9 where I counter every single argument I've ever heard about uniforms however here's another reason 
It saves parents money. That is why we should easily scrap uniforms because then they don't have to pay for them and people just wear their normal clothes. So thus, you don't have to shell out 60 or whatever it is for a uniform. You just wear your clothes like normal schools around the world where they don't worry about this. Every year on the radio, I, oh, what are we going to do about the cost of school uniforms? Do you know what the answer is? Scrap them and you're done. It's amazing. That would reduce the cost of uniforms to zero. Um, I know some people have said, oh, but then the cost of your normal clothes and everything else comes into it. Yeah, but you're buying the clothes anyway. You know, it just makes, oh, it just makes no sense. But anyway, look, that's people. Let's move on to shoes. <laughs> I, 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 I have an absolute apathy towards shoes, but I believe there's a number of schools that ask parents to buy particular Different types of shoes, good, you know, proper shoes, no, black soles, black soles, black shiny sole of shoes, and yeah, I, I don't think it happens very often, I, I, I actually, I mean, just, I don't, I don't go around looking at children wearing shoes in schools or anything like that, uh, but my understanding is that um, children aren't forced to wear black soled shoes like I might have been when I went to school, but in any case, I don't necessarily agree it's a school expense, um, because children kind of have to wear shoes if they go to school or not. But let's say, I suppose in this case, because I have to reduce the cost, if a school insists on a particular brand of shoes or a colour of shoes or whatever it might be, I think we should just remove that and let children wear whatever shoes they want. Similar to uniforms. Let's, let's move on to controversial things, as if uniforms weren't controversial enough. The voluntary contribution, which seems to average out at €111 Euro per child, which again to me seems very high. However, you'll find many schools ask for €5 Euro a week. I mean, that would, you know, if you were a school, you'd be going, that's €5 Euro a week, really, isn't it? Um, you know, that's about fair. But if you work that out, that's just under 200 euro a year. So this figure does seem like a pretty good average. And ultimately, the answer here is very simple. We need to fund schools properly. Now, I'm not saying we should simply add 111 per child to the capitation grant, but we certainly need to add something to it if we're to get rid of voluntary contributions. And I would suggest there are several ways the government could lower, um, could, could basically lower the payments to school in order for this to happen. For example, um, the, you know, there, there's things that we have to pay for and include VAT for. So we, I mean, the first thing the government could do is, is, is make schools VAT exempt. You're thus saving about 23% on all costs. I mean, that would be a huge, huge thing um, to, uh, uh, you know, a huge thing. Given that, you know, schools are funded by government money, which has already, uh, you know, had VAT uh, paid on it in most cases. Why double the VAT? It just makes absolutely no sense. But other things that the government could do would be pay for certain utilities directly. For example, they could pay for insurance directly and so on. I've spoken about that before. But even and even when it comes to equipment, schools should have access to the government procurement list. We actually don't have access to this procurement list. It's a special one. It's very, you know, and uh, it's, it's, it's one that some civil servants have access to, but schools don't. I think you can buy biros for a cent each or something like that. You know, these were photocopying reams for, you know, something like less than a euro for a ream of, pa of paper. You know, these kind of, this is the procurement. We don't have access to that as schools. Now, it's very popular to give out about schools asking for contributions. But there's a reason that we do it. Now, uh, you know, and some schools don't do it. My school doesn't do it. Um, but 
you know, the, the, there is a reason why schools do do it. And it's because they aren't being funded properly. They wouldn't ask for money if they didn't need it. And the last survey that I know that was done by the CPSMA, the Catholic uh, management body, they suggested the government only funds 57% of schools' costs. So you can see why things have to change. And I mean, ultimately, we need uh, a proper funding. And if I was the minister, then we'd, that would be how I would get rid of the voluntary contribution. Next on my list is school supplies. And I thought these costs again were quite high at 79 euro per pupil. Now, I, I, I'm, I'm th maybe they're including photocopying arts and crafts and I, I don't know, loads of this sort of stuff. However, even if they're too high, this is where the government's own procurement list could come in again very well. Other departments in the government can order pens, as I said, for about a cent or two. Um, but even if schools go to euro shops or something, but they're paying multiples of what's on the government procurement list. There's a stock of common supplies that schools need to get, and there's no reason why the government can't supply them to schools using some form of grant that can be added on to the capitation grant, perhaps. So again, schools would list the things that we use all the time, or they should know these all the way by now, and, the, uh, and effectively then we use them off a procurement list so the government could buy buy them in apps in mad bulk so that they uh, so they can be really really cheap for schools and then the capitation could be increased um which it should be anyway and this will be used against the government procurement list to purchase supplies leaving parents providing or paying having to pay nothing the final item on this zurich list is um parents association uh, is the parents association which amounts to 54 euro which i'm guessing because i don't know if parents pay I don't think they pay for the membership of, parent, of a parents association. So I'm guessing it's for fundraising so that parents associations ask for money for fundraising. Now, I don't want to spend too long on this because the answer is the same as the previous few. Schools shouldn't be fundraising for basics or for anything at all. And to be honest, I don't think, I think it's unfair for this to be added as a school cost because not paying this doesn't prevent someone from going to school. It's, I always find parent fundraising is 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 kind of, yeah, I mean, look, 99% of parental fundraising is to plug holes where there should be fundraising. But generally, it's for a purpose. It's supposed to be for a purpose. But if you don't, no one's standing over you to say, Oi, you have to pay this money for the Parents Association. You know, you, you, your child can still come to school even if you don't pay it. So I'm not sure if it's very fair. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know if I've solved that one, but I think it's still it's all about fun, funding. You know, parents associations wouldn't have to fundraise if schools were funded properly. So there you have it. I said I'd try and do it in under half an hour, and I think I've managed to do that. Um, and it wasn't really that difficult at all. I've made primary school free. I am. I am the new Dun O'Malley. Yes, I am the schoolman. No, I'm not. And um, the Department of Education need to stop pretending primary education is free and they need to start paying the cost properly. The Department of Education only provides a percentage of the funds to ruin primary schools and the rest needs to be made up by fundraising in many, many ways. Now, I'm not sure what you think of my ideas, but I would love to hear what you think. And uh, the way to do that, if you're uh, new to this podcast, is simply by finding me on Twitter at Simon M. Lewis, M for monkey, though that is not my middle name. Um, and what you need to do is... Uh, go there and give out to me uh, by replying to any of the tweets. You're very welcome as well on Facebook. I have an account there for onshaw.net, which you can find. Um, or you can email me, simon at onshaw.net, and I'll be glad to hear from you. Um, I might even book you to have an interview so we can uh, so I can find out a little bit about you. 
I uh, always want to hear what primary school teachers or people involved in primary education are doing. And I, 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 I've done a few interviews in this podcast over the last few months. And I, I find, I found, and people have said to me that they've really enjoyed them because um, I suppose it's not me speaking, <laughs> maybe in the main, but the people I picked, I think are really interesting. And they tend to just be a little bit left field um, in their opinions about things. And uh, and uh, so I, if you're if you're someone who wants, has a strong opinion on something, I'd love to hear from you. But anyway, that's me just advertising uh, a little bit uh, for people. Uh, and I would love uh, for you to uh, come on board. But in the meantime, what I've left is a plan for making primary education actually free. And the children wouldn't even have to bring in a sod of turf either. So there's really not much more to say than if I were the Minister for Education, I would make primary education actually free. So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed uh, this episode and be sure to tune in every Friday at 5.59 around the time your average Department of Education circular is released and where I will release my episodes. Um, If you're interested in subscribing to this podcast so it lands in your uh, inbox a little earlier than everybody else, uh, you can subscribe on any of the podcasting platforms, uh, whether that's Apple uh, Apple iTunes, is it iTunes now or is it Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify or any other podcast app by searching for either onshaw.net or if I were the Minister for Education. If you've liked this episode, please, 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 please leave a review and I would love uh, to, uh, to, for, to, to hear from you because it helps other Irish primary school teachers find the podcast and thus uh, uh, that gives me a few more listeners but also keeps the conversation going because that's the most important thing. After that, uh, there's nothing more for me to say than thanks so much again for listening. Uh, we'll catch you again next next week. All the best. Bye-bye.